where the mysteries of Gravity Falls creep into the non-animated world. I'm Alec, and this is Lou, and I, I flubbed the intro. This is the Gravity Bros Podcast. Hi, everyone. Oh, yeah, that's right. Hi, everybody. How's it going? Yeah, uh, hello there, traveler. We see that your car broke down on this lonesome country road, a place so remote that no one can hear you scream. Come on into the Gravity Bros podcast, but be warned, because you may be subjected to tales to become a YouTube member or a patron if that ever happens, and uh, give us money for <laughs> our content. Yes. He's, he's quoting the episode, everybody. He's not that. He's not, he's not that bad. It's true. It's true. So, yes, this episode of uh, Gravity Falls that we watched today, definitely a shorter one um, or will probably be a shorter podcast just because these were three non-canonical segments. And I'm going to be honest, Lou, at the very beginning, I was kind of annoyed by this because really I've been like at this point in the series. Well, it's just because we have been waiting to be able to talk about some like really awesome stuff that's coming up with the author. And as soon as I realized that this was, you know, I don't want to say a throwaway episode, but one of those shows where a bunch of unused ideas that weren't good enough to be like long form end up in this short form episode. Uh, But as we got to the end, I actually had a really good time and I ultimately wasn't mad about it. No, I did too. I mean, the reason I like this episode is just because it's pretty much a series of like references and throwbacks to other things that I like. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I was sort of hoping when we got this set up where Grunkle Stan was out front and he is this kind of uh, creepy horror movie Vincent Price-like character inviting people out of the rain and into this creepy situation. I almost wanted the three episodes to fit that vibe more than they did because I thought the exterior surrounding it was so cool. And admittedly, the premises didn't deliver quite what I was hoping for, even though I did have a good time. Did you know Neil deGrasse Tyson was the pig? No way. That's so funny. Yeah, I, I, I remembered that the second I heard it, I'm like, is that Neil deGrasse Tyson? I think I remembered hearing that he was in the show. I bet this is that role. And I looked it up wow. and yeah, it's him. And I always thought it was Neil deGrasse Tyson, so I'm going to throw that out there just in case I'm right. Uh, I don't but, care, that man knows nothing of philosophy. Yeah, let's talk about this. So we get Stan, he is welcoming these travelers in, and the whole thing is that he is showing off these three articles from the Mystery Shack and trying to get this wayward traveler, or the audience really, to buy something. And he starts off with this disembodied hand to introduce our very first segment, which is called Hands Off. Uh, overall First thoughts, all, what did you think? You already yep. missed four references that happened in the, in this episode. All right. Well, listen, I'm trying to be quick here. What you got? We got Little Gift Shop of Horrors is the title. First of all, that's true. And that's great. And Little Shop of Horrors is fantastic. Um, and very <laughs> theming. And then we also got, um, uh, these bobbleheads at the beginning of this one that, uh, showed a, I think it was, I didn't write them down. I just thought I would remember. I'm pretty sure it was creature of the black lagoon, the mummy and a vampire, but I might be okay. wrong on one or two of those. What could be Dracula? Yeah, you're right. I, I glossed over that. I did note that they were called bobbly heads, according to Mabel, which I thought was incorrect. However, I would argue that I did not gloss over that part because that is still after the segment starts and not pre-title card. Technically true, but that's how it starts. It is. And that's the whole thing. We are at this yard sale swap meet. Mabel sees all these things as priceless treasures. And 
Grunkle Stan goes over to, you know, a golden watch stand, which has a witch selling golden watches, which honestly as a premise is kind of hysterical. Yeah, and, and that one reminds me of um, the classic uh, Wolfman story where, you know, he runs into the person that curses him. Makes him Yeah, oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I wonder if there was any intention him. behind that. Shoot. It's been a while since I've seen that. Does he curse? Does that lady curse him or does she just like tell him that he is cursed? I, I don't know how it goes in The Mummy. Um, but no, in not this The Mummy, specific- the, the Wolfman. Oh, the Wolfman, right. Oh, it was the Wolfman, not the Mummy. See, I've already got my uh, universal horror monsters uh, all mixed up in my head. Uh, But I can tell you, in this case, the witch is uh, cursing Stan. This is what is happening because he shoplifts from her uh, after she creepily knows exactly what his name is, you know, grabs his arm, says, get your hands off my watch, super demonically, decides to steal the watch anyway because he's Grunkle Stan. Yeah. And then he pretty much gets cursed and his hands are magically taken away. <laughs> yeah, which I I think is very funny when we get to that segment because he basically tries to say, you know, when Dipper asks him to apologize and give it back, no, I don't need my hands. Like getting my hands back is less favorable than having to give an apology, which I feel like is very in character. I also thought it was very cool for him to think that, like, you know what? This is life. I can deal with this. You know? Yeah. Well, that's true. And he does try to deal with it in a bit of a montage that we get. As, you know, Mabel gives him four cans. He freaks out Lazy Susan. He very clearly can't bowl. And Supermarket Jimmy, who is apparently a named character, plays toss a dozen eggs to stand like they always do together. (laughs) That was pretty funny. Yeah, that was a good bit. (laughs) Yeah. Which, of course, just ends up at him throwing eggs because uh, Stan is unable to throw them back in his current state. So finally he gives in and is like, all right, I've got to go to this cave. I've got to talk to the Hand Witch. Uh, And as we enter, we do see all of these kind of creepy disembodied hands starting to tap the shoulders. And next thing we know, the group is attacked. I don't know if this was a direct reference, but I wrote down that it reminded me of the Hand Tunnel in Labyrinth. Oh, I just saw Labyrinth for the first time, like, a, a month ago. No way! The first time? Oh, my goodness. First time. It was so fun. Oh, my goodness. And you're right, actually. Movie. I love it. I, yeah. Another thing where I would not be shocked if Labyrinth had some influence on that. Um, but the witch emerges after uh, these hands attack and gives some high fives, which, uh, you know, a little, little bit of a comic relief there for you. And... <laughs> Stan admits, okay, yeah, stealing is wrong, etc. Gives back the watch. He asks for his hands back because he has a certain gesture he'd like to share with her. Great joke. I, I wrote that one down, too. I was like, yep, he wanted to flip her off. That's funny. Kids I, again, I love when that kind of stuff makes the edit. Because it is a show appropriate for children, as they say. Um, yeah. And it's fun. The Hand Witch says, the curse can only be broken by a kiss. He says, all right, kids, look away. And when he kisses her hand, she says, no, it has to be the lips. And at that point, he is out. And Dipper says she is just making stuff up, which she is. Which she is. She just wanted hand to witch. date somebody. She is. Apparently, this, this 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 ends up being her, like, way of trying to get people to come into her lair so that she could try to date him. And then Mabel's like, no, nah, you got the wrong approach. We just need to do a makeover. And then they clean the house and give her a makeover. Yeah, and... uh 
Or the I, I do feel thing. like this montage is pretty funny. Uh, the, the part that's fun about it is that she gives like a pickup line book. Uh, and after Stan, yeah. spoiler alert, gets the hands back uh, and still won't date this witch, uh, a random hot guy just shows up looking for a place to stay in this cave. And when she reads the book of pickup lines uh, and says this dude's butt is out of this world, he says, yeah. oh, thanks for noticing. Yeah, thanks for noticing, which I thought was such a weird way to accept a compliment. Like, wow, thanks for noticing. I know I have a killer butt. Like, wow, what a dick. Yeah. I think the most fun part of this episode was the hand witch in general because she was creepy and that made it fun. The idea of these hands creeping around is fun, but I did feel like it was the weakest of the three. Was that your takeaway as well? Um, you know, I didn't even think about it like that. Uh, the pig thing does nothing for me, so I actually thought this was better than the pig one, which is the next one. Oh, okay. I actually thought that there was some fun to be had with the pig one, or at least maybe I thought to myself, this episode makes better discussion. Whereas the hand, which one is like, okay, we recap it, but what is really here? Like, should we be talking about the, uh, the weirdness and the not okayness with the witch trying to lure men to her lair, you know, as like a manipulative tactic to, I mean, I don't, um, I don't know if there's really like, I don't know if there's anything like philosophically of interest in any of these. (laughs) I totally disagree for the second one. Um, really? Okay. Let's get into it then. Yeah, definitely. So, we go back to, uh, you know, our exterior view of this episode with Stan back in his shack, uh, still talking to the audience and says, oh, okay, Man, you don't I, want the hand. But- I did not even write these transitions in. I just went straight to every episode. forgot that these even happened. <laughs> I, I liked the transitions, though, because to be honest, the exterior of it all was my favorite part of the whole episode, probably. Minus really? just, one just awesome fact- thing in the third part. Really? That's so funny. Yeah, no, I, I really liked it. it. It gave Again, it gave me those Vincent Price vibes that I really love. I think my favorite was the third one, but we'll get into that. Yeah, I mean, I will agree. And I'm excited to talk about that one. Um, but number two, we get this story, A Baconings, uh, which, basic premise, Waddles get smart. Um, and we start off with this I idea that Dipper... I also was wondering if this was a reference to The Awakening or The Happening. Hmm, maybe just on the title alone, but you know these films better than I do. Did, did you feel like there were direct yeah, allusions? just based on the title. I, I mean, I think that the references were all pretty, like, one note. You know what I mean? Like, sure. this is a thing that's a reference to a thing. I don't think there was very much thematic, except for maybe the third story. Okay, fair enough. Uh, well, in this one, Dipper opens this puzzle box that has a promise that you can get on the back of the box if you solve it. Uh, I don't. And I guess he says false advertising. He can get behind, whatever. Um, I maybe the the gag is that it's in, nearly impossible to get into, uh, or they wouldn't actually follow through on that promise. I don't know. Do you ever have a toy like that? Was like harder than a Rubik's cube. Um, I don't know. I remember there was this one like maze, like marble maze that we had that was kind of hard. Yeah, I I guess I'm thinking more in terms of like a secret puzzle box where the the point of it is kind of to try to trick you. Like you're it's it it's not a thing that requires true brain power. You just have to know how to like switch something the right way. And when you do that one move, you're good to go. I don't know. Maybe. Well, I can tell you that Dipper was having no luck because Mabel was taunting him while pretending to be a DJ with Waddles, her beloved Waddles. Um, and you know, Mabel thinks maybe you're just not smart enough to solve it. So Dipper being Dipper, 
decides that he is going to go find a perception room uh, in that he found through the black light sections of Journal Three, uh, and all huh. he has to do is grind it up, apply it to his forehead overnight, and increase brain power. That's so funny. Last time I found shrooms, it was in a black light area too. I'm just kidding. All right, there it is. See, <laughs> I was just waiting for some kind of a comment on this. That was a good. Hey, they 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 teed that. They teed me up for that one. <laughs> they did. You were teed right up. Uh, yeah. Do you have more to comment on the uh, perception room? No. Really. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Better not. Uh, it's very Dipper. silly. It's very fun. It is. Uh, Dipper thinks he feels smarter already, but as he tries to remember the digits of pi, it turns out that Waddles overnight had gotten into this concoction. Uh, How many so... pi digits can you do? Oh man, uh, not many. Uh, one. One, 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 up like five past the decimal. That's it. Can, how many can you do? I'm pretty sure three point one four one five nine two six three five is as far as I can go. Assuming that's oh, correct. okay, yeah, that's more than me. I could get a three point one four one five nine. Uh, but do you know who can get way more than that? Waddles, as he continues uh yes. this uh, pattern that Dipper is trying to go for with Pi, and he's got a talking contraption that he has built. Mabel asks if. She has been possessed, or if he's been possessed by the spirit of a nerd, which I feel like is kind of trying to point out that they're going for a Stephen Hawking type thing. And I don't know how I feel about that. Neil deGrasse Tyson was the guy who was voicing it. So, right. (laughs) I mean, take that for what it will. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Um, He's like a pop culture scientist. Yeah. Right. He's still a nerd. So it's not inaccurate. Um, but luckily, Waddles has prepared a presentation to explain what has happened. Uh, Dipper realizes, oh, Waddles got into my thing. And Mabel's like, no, the pig goes oink. The pig goes oink. Uh, and, and she starts to have a bit of a crisis here, realizing she doesn't want Waddles to change and be smart. She loves Waddles the way that Waddles is. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> I feel like the root of what's interesting about this uh, starts here. Uh you know, I guess I, I just think that this is a okay. Maybe there is something to talk about here. I think my I just thought that this whole thing was a baseless point, and that they're both ways to live life are totally fine. <laughs> huh. Okay. Uh. Well I, well, I like that though because that that is a conversation to be had, right? Is there a preference so. or not? Um. Waddles is over here saying, "Now I can shine the light of knowledge into the darkness of ignorance," which is one of those things that sounds nice and intelligent but when you really unpack it you're not really saying much at all you know people who say stuff like that you turned a light on in a room is all that happened (laughs) yeah basically (laughs) uh so dipper thinks this is so cool waddles also solved his puzzle box um and says that he can teach him things uh or many things while this gravity falls goat just suddenly starts biting the contraption for some reason so I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the point of this was other than to give us a cameo of the goat and for Waddles to shoot a nerf dart at it and make See, Dipper think that it's even cooler now because it's a rocket cart. I thought there was nothing, no reason for this episode except for the cameo for Neil deGrasse Tyson, so. <laughs> I swear it's Neil deGrasse and I feel like this should be a pet peeve, but then I might turn out that I'm wrong. I mean, I don't really care either way. Maybe it's just because of that show Degrassi. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. Now, Neil deGrasse Tyson uh, could be an entirely different show if they were going for that. Uh, <laughs> if they were going up. for the joke, the pun, that'd be funny. 
Somebody yeah. could make that. But I hope that's a not. That might be out there. I'll look that up. Yeah, a rocket scientist in high school, just trying to struggle with his nerdiness while also dealing with love as a teenager. Yeah, that sounds awful. It's... I would not watch it. Uh, back to the episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> Actually, you know what? If it was on Disney Channel, I would have watched it. But anyway, yeah, it probably would have been on uh, Nickelodeon though, or whatever. No, dude, that sounds like. That's like an iCarly spinoff. Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. It was one of those. Yeah, maybe. But Degrassi was more of a teen Nick. Like, it was a little bit uh, inappropriate for all ages. So Wasn't that the only one of its kind, though? Were there other shows it was like a, it? Yeah, it was kind of a weird demographic. Weird, you, you know, when you think about it. I feel like a lot of those shows don't exist now. Um, but yeah. they were out there at the time. It was interesting. Yeah, yeah. I guess Degrassi did weirdly have a huge fan base. That's so funny. I was almost going to be like, Degrassi fans, let us know. <laughs> yeah, well, true. Hey, there might be some. Uh, so Dipper thinks this rocket card is amazing he wants to go on an adventure but mabel would rather play with waddles uh and he tells her sorry mabel there's more to life than fart noises and laughing at those fart noises which i do definitely agree with there's definitely more to life than that yeah um, there is it's true point and, uh you know one that mabel definitely backtracks on by the end of the episode <laughs> yes well it, that and that's true which i have mixed feelings about um, so we do get like That's a why I just segment. thought it was a baseless point. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I, I, I do understand. Um, and I'm interested to talk it through. Uh, so we get kind of, not exactly a montage, but uh, Waddle's making some inventions for Grenda, whose kite gets stuck in a tree. I love this. He gives her a rocket pack that he invented to for her to just explore the heavens herself. And she irresponsibly just sh- shoots into the sky and like sets fires on trees. So is this really funny. that smart of an idea to participate in like the destruction of the climate? Well, you see, intellectual knowledge is not the same as knowledge. <laughs> Valid point. Um, he also gives a laser gun to Candy, which, uh, off screen, she plans to use on her enemies. So that also seemed like a questionable decision. As Mabel plays DJ by herself in her room. Sad. Th- this is where I find this interesting, right? She grabs a picture of Waddles and is like, you're not happier like this, are you? And listen, I'm a happiness guy, right? I study happiness science and all these things. Yeah. And uh, I do think that there is an interesting conversation about what knowledge is worth in terms of what your happiness is. And you should know this better than anybody, because I feel like you consider Yeah, but as a sociologist, you know that relativity comes first. Uh, All right. Well, listen, don't try to trap me before I trap you. Uh, I I do feel like for you sometimes, your, uh, your ability to reason with logic and philosophy ends up being a bit of a curse. Because it can be more frustrating when people are illogical and not using their brain. Whereas a person like me, I don't really care. That's true, but I've seen... But then people like you get frustrated with people who do use their brain. So, you know, the grass is always greener is the way I think about it. Definitely depends on the context, but I sort of understand. Even so... um, I think that the idea that blissful ignorance is happiness is definitely a fallacy, especially like researching it myself. I agree. Um, yeah. And I think that it's something that people like to throw around. It's like, oh, you know, would you rather just be stupid and happy? And I don't think that that's the right way to contextualize it. Um, 
you know, I definitely think that you could be smart and happy, but I do think to a certain degree, the circumstances change and the way that you achieve that is very different than if you don't necessarily have all this knowledge. So, you know, in a way it almost comes down more to simplicity versus complexity. I think it has to do with more of identity than anything. Cause I I think that like the existential guy who thinks a lot is more of just like an emotional trap that's been built on this like character identity same with like this you know the starving emotionally starving artist right yeah it's like i've met all these people because i have a i got my undergrad in philosophy and i met all these philosophy people that would like get into nietzsche and shit and be like oh woe is me the life is hard and depressing and i'm like i mean you can think that if you want to You definitely, there's a lot more in philosophy than that, though. And if you think that, like, just gaining knowledge inherently makes you, like, less happy, that just doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Sure. Well, honestly, I love the way that we full circled this, because we both have experience about that in a different way, and you've seen it firsthand. So that's very fun. I appreciate your uh, insight. Um, Yeah. So anyway, uh... Dipper thinks that Waddles has his best invention yet to solve the mysteries of mankind. It is the Smarticle Accelerator. Uh, And they don't really say what this does other than Waddles will be able to solve the greatest puzzles of the universe, which is maybe also a little sloppy uh, because it's really just a vague idea of what we're about to get. Oh, Waddles decides to be stupid, oversolve every single problem that the universe could possibly face. So I think it's more I will say... At the beginning of this one, though, Grunkle Stan did say that he made this one up. Okay, well, and to be fair, I think all of them... Oh, does that imply that the others are not made up, though? Um, I think it at least implies that the first one wasn't. The hand one seems like it was real. I'll I'll, I'll say the hand one makes sense. And actually, I'm pretty sure that... Doesn't the stop-motion creature come back in some other way somehow? Oh, if the, if it did, that would be cool. If that's the case, then I would be willing to call it canon, but um, I don't remember it, no. I don't either. Even so, uh, it, it makes sense that this is uh, not true, and it would make it maybe even more heartbreaking that Waddles gains this intelligence to possibly solve a lot of world's problems and then decides to go back to being a pig, which is what we get. Conveniently, he creates yeah. a switch to just be a dum-dum again inside the machine, and that's what he clicks. So yeah, and here's why I say this is a baseless choice, right? So you're saying that you're own happiness to be mabel's pig outranked solving all of these problems in the world and potentially even solving the mysteries of gravity falls really really you really think well, it was? yeah all right that's nice but, pig. but but here's what he says at the end uh he goes like in my last eight seconds of consciousness stepper i want you to know that science is a horizon to search for not a prize to hold your hand And I miss my tummy getting tickled. So, interestingly, though, I do think that that is a different thing than what we are talking about. Um, Which also happens to be kind of true. What did you say? I said, yeah, that is completely irrelevant. But yeah, that's nice. Science is an endless horizon. Keep searching. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Yeah, I I mean, I guess it works out. Uh, And that's basically how our episode ends. So I don't know if you have more to say about it than that. But I I still think we got an interesting gleam of uh, philosophy out of that. I will say at least you and I did get a pretty interesting conversation out of it. I, I when I watched it, I definitely was like, eh, weak sciencey science mumbo jumbo, weak, you know, weak misshotted existential philosophy is what I was thinking. For Gravity Falls, this is like not great writing, let's be honest, right? Just because their yeah, standard think- is so high. 
that that is a fair point. And again, when you get these episodes that are a little bit rushed, it makes it a bit trickier to do well. But, but this third one, this, this third, third one though, episode, Redemption is so Island, good. yeah, literally so much redemption. Um, so I guess on the exterior world again stan is back he says okay don't buy the pig i'm better off leaving it with my niece and then we hear mabel literally shooting a gun inside the house presumably um he's like no shooting in the house sweetie uh and then we had bacon i'm just kidding oh that's not what happened that's lucas's alternative i'm vegan Um, i don't even mean that that would be true horror if they killed Waddles uh, as part <laughs> of this like scary Vincent Price right? type episode. Um, That'd be so funny. So, uh, you know, these first two items didn't work. So Stan pulls out some movies for the audience. He goes, you know, watch with a girl. A girl snuggles up. You have a kid. Your life falls apart. Forget the last. Oh, that part. was funny. You're right. That was yeah. a good one. I I, I might have. I meant to write something about that one. That one was good. See, I'm telling you, like the mid stand scenes are so good. Um, no, you're right. Some would call them a stanza. Oh, oh okay, sure, yeah. You know, like like yeah, uh, like come on, like the organization of yeah, poetry. Yeah, come no. on, I know that hit that hit for someone out there, right? It's All right, good. Whatever. Yeah, that's a good good joke. <laughs> was it? It was the rhythm of oh, whatever. I thought it was funny. I did too. Uh, next is Clay Day, our last segment. Uh, we see a weird star show taking place on the Gravity Falls television, and Stan decides it is time to step in and watch a classic from his day. Um, yeah. So Mabel says, Stan. get ready for references we can't understand and words we can't repeat. <laughs> Me, understand. I, I think I got a lot of these references. I'm sure I missed some. I love this yeah. stuff. I eat this old stuff up, man. Every time I go visit Dad, the first thing I want to do is just kind of like sit and watch old cart or old like black and white movies with him yeah dude i, I totally I relate to this stuff man i gotta watch clash of the titans again there were some references to some great so all of this is just like a huge homage to stop motion animation ray harryhausen like there's a gumby reference at one point like okay we'll get into it we'll get into it i love this totally. I, I liked this not this episode but this section of the episode you're right, and it's the voyages of Loincloticles. Uh, the Cyclops has come for the golden pants, and it turns out that Mabel has this fear of stop motion from being a child, which is so funny, and uh, runs into the closet to escape. Understandable, all things considered. It is a little uncanny valley. I do kind of understand where somebody might develop, a, uh, especially yeah. of those Harryhausen ones. You know, we've gotten better hey. with stop motion animation. You know what? I've talked about on this channel about how p- puppets scare me, so I got no reason to talk shit. That's true. <laughs> uh, well, you've just said that you hated the Muppets. I, oh, you did talk in the puppet episode specifically. No, puppets are creepy. Puppets are creepy. They could be creepy when... And yet you like Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared? That's, that's the stuff that keeps me away, and I'm not even afraid of puppets. <laughs> well, that's more stop motion, actually. I guess it kind of is. That's interesting. Uh, even so... Uh, Stan decides, okay, we've got to help Mabel get over her fear, so I'm going to take you to the house of special effects genius Harry Claymore to show you that the models are fake. Um, And next thing we know, they are breaking into this man's house uh, just to be able to find these models. I hate this deep end of the pool therapy bullshit. I hate it. It's terrible. (laughs) Yeah, it's, (laughs) it is, it's bad. And I mean, I think that we as an audience are supposed to know it's bad. And this is just Stan being a bad oh, yeah. figure. Definitely. Um, and it's tropey a so, little though, is actually what I mean. Not just bad parenting, but like 
like a little trophy is more what i mean i guess that's true uh one little joke stan explains how the tiny clay figures are filmed one uh one at a time by anti-social shut-ins and seuss chimes in to say those people are called animators so there's a lot of like little jokes in here making fun of the own animation team that had to work on this episode and i really appreciated that all the way through it's almost seems like the animation team had like a big hand in writing this chunk because there's just like so much clear love for what they're doing in it, you know? Oh, definitely. Uh, the group literally walks into the house of this celebrity, Harry Claymore, starts shouting his name, claiming not to be paparazzi as Seuss is taking photos. And uh, Dipper finds one of the models uh, and it's like, see Mabel? All special effects. And literally at that moment behind him is a giant, Stop motion Cyclops entering the Gravity's fa- Gravity Falls universe in its own art style. And it's so good. Do you know what movie that re- is referencing specifically the Cyclops one? Okay. Uh, so I think it would probably be Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah, I'm proud of you. That's the one. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, dude, we loved Ray Harryhausen growing up. These movies really, um, were on so often. There, it was that one that was Clash of the Titans, and I do think there was another one that was maybe not as well known. I liked that one too. Wait, that one? Like, Wait, I think, oh, it was, was Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, actually. That was the other one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I loved all of those. Those are all so good. Me too. I would be willing to watch any of those anytime, honestly. Uh, Dude, I wonder, at a certain point, they're going to pass the copyright expiration and we can watch them on the channel. Oh, that's interesting. It's going to take a while, though, because I don't think they're that old. Um, True. Even so, I love the way that they weave these characters in, because we also get these fake skeletons that walk into the picture. Um, Yeah, which is straight out of Clash of the Titans. Completely. Um, And suddenly we are having all of our characters try to run away. Sue says to escape by standing still. Um Mabel, of course, is freaking out. She gets out of the situation altogether as the skeletons are putting the other characters in sticky clay goo. And in comes <laughs> Harry Claymore, the exact parody of Ray Harryhausen. And it's, yeah. oh my God, this is my favorite part of the whole, this whole episode. It's a 22-minute thing from start to finish. I loved it so much. I, I also thought this was so good. And, and also, uh, I, I just have to draw attention to the fact that at at a certain point, Harry Claymore says, I don't use stop motion animation to make these guys move. I use dark magic. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like, I'm not a masochist. Which again, <laughs> I'm a, yeah, I'm not a masochist. Totally the animators having fun with this because they had to put, they had to do this for this episode. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and I'll bet it was the biggest pain in the ass that they had to work on all season. And you don't want to know something? I'll bet it's why the other two shorts are weaker than this one. Yeah, I bet you're right. That's so interesting because they had to put less into it. Um, And also great joke. We get a backstory for how how they ended up in this situation with these claymation creatures uh, becoming evil and attacking, right? Uh, Harry says it was great at first until CGI was invented. And (laughs) the Cyclops cries, where is the heart? I... I love it. Come on, everyone. This is just like animation love. It's just so good. Objectively. I would love it's so good. I would love to show this to dad. Like I just this one segment. It's we only should. Like he we would. I Yo, think he would have a great time. Dude, we should have him react on our show. Oh, that would actually be really fun. It I would we love showed that. our dad uh yeah. Gravity Falls. 
That Dude, we gotta, and we'll have him and mom both react to a different episode and we'll and we'll do i, I we're doing it we're gonna make it happen if not point, yeah if that it. one for gravity falls maybe we can have mom do a different show if it's fitting but that could be really yeah we'll do a different fun. one yeah we'll do i want mom mom to react to the recess womps episode with us sure oh yeah because she loved that so much yeah. um and so so anyway before i get too far off on the tangent uh we, we know this was incredible we loved the references um because of CGI taking over, these creatures got mad, uh, and now they <laughs> enslaved Harry and have That's turned him just into. So funny. Yeah, and they will now turn the group into unholy beasts of clay. Um, but Sue says, "Hey, Stan, at least you get to work with your favorite director. Uh, by work, I mean suffocate on a big wad of clay." So there's that. There you go. Um, but it's actually Mabel being the hero here as she questions what to do. Um, she kind of plays with the clay in her hand, maybe fidgeting a little bit out of stress and turns it into a smiley face and realizes, wait, this is something that I like. And that gives me an idea. So she's like, I can use this to be creative and I love creativity. Yeah. Which I actually think is kind of a fun message. I mean, this segment is meant to just be awesome. Not super thinky, but I don't like that. It doesn't have to apply to every fear, but there are some fears that you could probably realize i think the, the the actual philosophy is you can turn your fear into something that you understand and are less afraid of yeah uh and i think that's that's good uh, and i like how this episode ends too it's also really creative where she decides yeah. that she's going to taunt the cyclops basically swim through its body because it's clay and then reshape it and morph it into a clay figure that is more on her side, which is Twinkleheart, the character from the show we got teased at the very beginning before Stan took it over with a VHS, which is a very fun way to call that back. Yeah, though I will say I did find myself feeling old because I was like, oh, I liked the other design better. I'm like, oh no. Oh, well, sure. I mean, yeah, because the Cyclops is a direct reference from what we love. Uh, yeah, but I know, but that's an back. old reference. That's a very old yeah. reference. It is. I mean, and they, again, they joked about it in the beginning. Well, kids aren't going to understand this. We're going to do it anyway. Um, I understood I the show. That. I understood. You know, we had old parents, I though. love, I love when a show is willing to go for that and have that subsection of adults love it as they're watching it with their kids. So fun. Um, but anyway, uh, they, they get through it thanks to Mabel. Uh, she rescues everyone. She says she's twice as scared, but now she knows it's rational. Um, and Stan says, you know, you were right. Stop motion is pure evil. Sue says, and probably expensive. And yep. Harry says, incredibly expensive. Yeah. Incredibly As they expensive. watch the shadows of the fight and they the animators have stopped showing the claymation for the remainder of the episode, basically joking and so saying, funny. well, we ran out of budget. Yeah. And Seuss is even like, this is a cool fight scene though. I'm glad I'm facing it. Is the cameras facing away from it? Yes. Incredible. Awesome. Absolutely incredible. Um, so then at the end of the episode that we flash back to the room, they're sitting on a carpet. Dipper says, Hey, today we learned you can remold your fear. Good quote. Um, yeah, there you go. But Mabel says, glad no one got turned into clay. And in comes Seuss as Gumby for some yep. reason. It's yep. so frightening. Just to squeeze in that last reference in another claymation bit. I didn't need a reason. That was sick. And then Stan knocks his head off. Yeah. And do, just do says, any of you, does anyone even know what Gumby is? 
I don't even know why I know what Gumby is. We watched it a little bit as a kid, but it was because you remember the imprint. Why? Yeah, I know. Where did it come from? I don't know know anything about Gumby. It's just a weird thing that exists in my memory. Who created that thing? This is fascinating. Nobody, well, I bet nobody knows anything about Gumby. I <laughs> right? documentary. There could be a documentary about that that could be really interesting, like a YouTube Dude, documentary. It's going to end up being like the Man on the Moon documentary in 20 years. Yeah, where did Gumby come from? Uh, Gumby. But Stan, <laughs> after literally murdering Gumby Seuss in this imaginary world, <laughs> uh, says, We're safe now, kids. We're safe now. So Dude, dark. That That is a clippable quote that you just said. I know, it's so good. That's crazy. Um, but then, All right. so that episode ends, but we're still in the exterior view. And the actual episode, the 22-minute segment, ends with Stan handing the audience a potion. It says, have a free sample. And he grins as the audience character faints after being poisoned or ruined yeah, the, or whatever the guy happened. who we've been looking the guy who stan's been selling all of these stories to this whole time essentially stan yeah, which is meant to feel him. like us yeah uh, so stan drugged us yeah he's like should have bought the merch when you had a chance buddy that's okay we'll have something new for sale very soon um and we do get the end credit scene of this character being an exhibit for tourists uh, and yeah. playing tic-tac-toe with Mabel and writing Help Me. So it's I, labeled I, the cheapskate. I love the concept. I really do. I thought it was strong. It was very Twilight Zone. It was very Twilight and for, Zone. I liked it For too. the record, I totally gave two points to Stan and one point for Harry because I couldn't get over the fact that Harry Claymore was a character. Oh my god, I actually did the same thing. No freaking way! I did two for one, literally... Stan and Harry. That's so funny. Yeah, well, because Stan was the atmosphere of the episode that sort of tied well, it all together. And yeah, also, no Harry I'll, bet, I'll bet they had like a, a intentional guest voice actor for whoever played them too. I didn't look it up, but uh, they were great. Whoever the voice actor was for that Harry character was actually really good too. Definitely. Uh, do you want to, for fun, in a non-canonical episode, induct something absolutely absurd into Journal 4, which is claymation creatures being in the real world? My god, can we possess? I mean, we could go with, like, golems, because golems are kind of, like, clay beasts, right? I guess I guess we could. What would you give? I, no, I'm going with claymation, because this is stupid and fun. Uh, and I'm going to give it a two, just to give it one more point than a one. Uh, okay, okay, so this is for claymation. <laughs> I'm giving this claymation a Claymation characters being able to exist in our world. Dude, if I saw... Man, that actually would creep the hell out of me if I saw a clay figure walking Wouldn't toward it? me. That'd creep the hell out of me. I'm gonna say no just out of fear. One. Alright, that's fair. Um, Cypher for this week's episode. Uh, non-canon found on the upper level rail planks in Harry Claymore's home. So that confirms non-canon. Uh, and then all animation is black magic to close out the episode. Brilliant! I love Brilliant. that. I love that. Oh my oh, that's god! So good. Isn't that fantastic? Take that, uh, sensors. There's something in there. A brief history of oink 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 oink. Um, and there's <laughs> nothing in Journal Three. So, uh, we oh, might wow. have a record for shortest episode. But this was very fun, jam packed. 
Yeah, this was. Yeah, obviously not a ton to talk about because we don't have plot and it was like, you know, divided stories, but good one. Good, short and sweet. I'm not mad about it. Yeah, well, this podcast is brought to you by the Brazilian Dragon Podcast Network, as you know. Uh, you can find Luke, Lou and I in Jester Brothers Cartoon Theater. Check out the Discord in the description. Give us five-star iTunes reviews. Thanks, artist Tessa Scarborough. We'll see you all next week. Happy sleuthing. Peace.